What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father of five kiddos, currently ages 10 to 17, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 20th year of marriage. So yep, I am in the thick of it, and I'm working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. This episode is brought to you by The Adventure of Fatherhood, helping men discover their powerful fatherhood role and build their fatherhood skills. The role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and of course, find joy and have fun in the messiness of it all. Today's guest is my friend, Vincent Porras, and we have an incredible conversation. I have so many nuggets. This guy is so in tune with his spirit, the spirit of fatherhood. And he talks about how your presence as a father has massive impact in the home, even when you're physically not there. My friends, enjoy being inspired by my friend, Vincent. Vincent, my friend, what's up, bro? It's super good to see you. How are you today? Great, man. How are you? I'm pumped, man. You know, I'm pumped. I'm excited to talk fatherhood with you. So you asked how I am. I said I'm pumped. It's true. I am excited to talk fatherhood with you. But I also think it's important to know I ran inside right before to grab a protein bar because I was like coming off of a meeting and coming into this, which I've been looking forward to all morning. And then my wife drops this little bomb on me like, hey, I'm looking through our kid's phone and some of the things they're saying on here doesn't really align with some things for us. And so it's just interesting, right? Like we're talking fatherhood, but also we're both dads. Like we're going to probably celebrate victories, maybe some fails, but it never stops. It never stops this pursuit of being intentional with your kiddos and understanding that life happens, but that's the goal is for us to be there with them. So anyways, I'm pumped, but I'm just walking into this conversation from that conversation. Literally, it happened three minutes before you and I were going to connect. Oh man, I can attest to that. I literally overheard my son and my daughter having a conversation, me and him are on the road in Montana. And he recently came to the realization that some of the reason why he's really a very stoic child, but he hasn't always been like that. He shifted as he realized his sister would share anything Mm. that he would share with her in confidence. Mm. And I heard him on the phone talking to her and he's been doing something to her in a retaliatory kind of way. And it was that moment I decided to just intervene and be like, now that you know this thing about you, you know how it shifted the relationship between you and your sister and what you're willing to share with Mm. her. Why would you want to retaliate? Why would you choose sin over life? And it's not like bad or good, but like it's either life or death is the easiest way to bring these things. Yeah. Because because you're going to either create life in your relationship with your sibling, or you're going to create death within that relationship. Agreed. Closed off. Yeah. Closed off. Yeah. I think closed off. That's a good one. Okay. So something you said just now is like, how does this action shift the relationship? You made the comment, shift the relationship. And I wrote that down like, okay, man, when you are out representing the family and not like, hey, everybody, dad has a fatherhood podcast or we're Christians or whatever. So you have to, it's not about that. It's about, are we in alignment with who we say that we are? It's about motive. It's about the heart. It's not necessarily always, but our actions prove the fruit shows you what kind of tree it is. So you said shift the relationship and then you said closed off. And how much of the time are we doing things in a relationship that either A, close me off or close them off, which the whole point of life is this desire to be connected and belong. 
and we isolate ourselves when we take action that separate that, which would be death, right? Yeah. And it could be intentional or unintentional. It's, it's all designed to protect yourself. There's a sense of danger or a sense of your identity being attacked. Mm-hmm. And at this age, being fixed in an identity or sticking to a way of being so yeah. early in life is counterproductive for everything that's coming. Yeah. I mean, this is an important time as you're, I mean, shoot, I'm 40 and I'm still at some level discovering my identity, like what it means to be Ned. But that's why our role as fathers is so important to come yeah. alongside and maybe how, like you said, you stepped into the conversation, you stepped into it about relationship. And I like that. Right. Like when I go talk to my kid later, I'm like, hey, what is this doing to our relationship versus shouts don't talk like this or whatever? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like which one is going to be productive? Because they for do, me? right? Because they do talk like this. That's yeah. the reality. Yes. Like there's no point in like pushing the reality aside. It's what's taking place. It's how do you transmute what's currently happening and what are the outcomes of that? Because who I choose to be right now in this relationship is going to project the relationship we have in the future. Mm. Mm, dude, so good. All right, Vincent, look at we're already doing it, bro. Let me ask you a couple questions right off the well. First off, you and I have been connected through Rise Up Kings, such an incredible organization, unlocked so many things for me and really connected me to just a bunch of incredible dudes like yourself. So yeah, that's where we you connected. know uh, the Rise Up Kings. When I first came across that, it was just an ad on my Instagram and it connected to me. Obviously, it spoke to me is because I was definitely like having an identity situation mm. at that moment. But your name was in the credits. And then I like looked you up because you were in Roseville at the time. Oh, that's I'm funny. Roseville or mm-hmm. you're around the area. Yeah. More or less. I knew people that knew you. And so there was that connection, like your um, testimonial, mm. like what it created, what was happening in your heart. You could see it during your testimonial. And that was what gave me trust. Man, that's wild. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. I was saving that for this one. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's wild, right? We can think about these milestone moments that have led us just to this moment right now to have conversation between two men who are aligned in our values to love our families. And I just would encourage people like if there's something that stirs inside of you to go pursue something, don't miss that opportunity because the relationships, the connections, the growth that you'll get, you know, from following an Instagram ad or whatever might come across your path. If there's a curiosity, I think that means there's something inside telling you, hey, go check this out. Go invest something into this. So take a risk. Take a risk. Dude, yeah. Men need to take some risks, bro. Yeah. Way too playing it way too safe. And uh, they're complaining out of the results that they have. Based on the, uh, yeah, the yeah, results they yeah, have. Of, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, you got to take some risks, you know? Yeah, do something some different then. Oh, dude. Okay. Vincent, how old do you find yourself today? Well, calendars find me at 45. Okay. And then, so that's what calendars find you at. Do you feel a different answer to the question? And you don't have to. Yeah, I really don't feel like, think about men that I know that are 45 that I meet that I look in the mirror sometimes I'm just like, oh, this is not an adult. I think I wrote down somewhere a while back is like, I'll never be settled. I'll always be wrestling with what's happening for me. So is that more of a pursuit of growth or is it a lack of confidence? It's definitely a pursuit of growth. I love it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's a pursuit of like understanding what's happening. You know, Hmm. it's like the relationships, the love that's experienced, the fear that's experienced, and that what I'm perceiving as the reality around me, someone's experiencing completely differently. And I'm curious like why that is. And I think 
the issue is is that we don't live in reality because we've like only live in our perception of the reality instead of a shared one Mm. so what i'm hearing you say is when you see a 45 year old who is just kind of like this is all that there is and they've just settled into a comfort and a settling and they're not pursuing the opportunity to continue to become And so that's why, in a sense, age, it's not so much that I feel like I'm 18 because I don't know anything, or I feel like I'm 65 because I know everything. It's that I'm just on this pursuit of there's always more, but your voice, your energy is like you're still content or grateful is maybe a better word with who you are today. Yeah, I'm extremely grateful for how quickly life can happen. Mm. and how quickly things can shift for a person. Just like that, the second like something hits you, if you're searching for something because you're struggling in an area, pursue it. You're going to be looking for evidence to support what it is that you're looking for. Mm. You're going to find yourself surrounded with the type of people in the world that you want to be with. That's what I think is still happening. You know, It's like there's more opportunities and more openings for relationships that'll shift you. Yeah. When you're open, if you're shut, those opportunities become less. Okay. So let me ask you this, because I think that this is an interesting language and we're just totally going off track, which is beautiful. It's interesting language. Okay. So you're saying that you're open, but you also hold that there are certain standards or truths that you hold tight that maybe you're not open to being different. So let me give you an example. You believe in God right? Okay. So how do you believe in God? And that's a foundational truth for you. Like that's not a rock that shifts for you, but you're also open, right? So there's certain things that are probably foundational for you that you wouldn't necessarily shift on while also being open to other aspects of life. What do you think about that? Because some people are like open to anything and everything. Absolutely. Everything's on the table. It could be totally different. I could choose to be a woman. I could choose to do it. You know what I mean? Like there's certain things that are open. Anything is possible. Anything goes. When you say you're open to truth and open to seeking truth, you're not saying that anything goes because there are some things that you have chosen to be anchors for you. Is that true? Absolutely. Okay, so how do you hold both of those in your hands? So again, I think it kind of goes back to very, very, very easy way of sorting through things is does it bring life or Mm. does it bring death? Mm. And it's very simple to look at situations and see how the result of this is the end. Like it Mm. doesn't have a continuation. As a father and as a man, I see that as being like a very, very strong uh, universal connection because it is the very prospect that continues life in itself. That's what really draws me into God the most is because like he's given me a tremendous opportunity Mm. to focus on life, to bring life into situations. Mm. And even if I run into somebody that does feel like there's a wound there, if you meet somebody that lives in this stable state of reality, there's an open wound there. Mm. Mm. And the continuation of like not seeing the wound and only seeing how it like projects itself into the conversation or in front of you, pushing against it isn't going to like bring them to life. Yeah. But caring for them, like that's how you can alter your relationship. This is one of the things is like, you know, mm. I haven't always been a great father or, or can see myself as a good father. But as we grow, as we alter, ourselves and we're open to like shifting. Now life is so important. I think so many people see children as a burden or a drain of resources. Mm -hmm. Like it's the end of your life. 
in a way, rather than the propagation of why should there only be one tree of Ned? Mm. Ah, yeah. That's good fruit. There should be more of them types of trees. And so many people are willing to cut off those branches. Oh my gosh, bro. This is the Vincent that I love right here. Like (laughs) I wrote a question specifically for you, which I'll ask in a little bit, but this is a great question for each dude listening. Are you the kind of tree that should be reproduced? You listening right now, dude, are you the guy that should be reproduced? And if you're like, "Uh, no, I'm a piece of shit, then go change that. And Vincent just said, and he's going to talk about this, like how quickly you can change that. Like how quickly we are creative beings. Like you can make a shift in that. I think we miss that our kids are half us. I think that we miss that. As I shift and work on myself, I'm literally shifting and changing my kid. And man, this kind of concept I've been playing with, there's certain things that I'm going to pass down through my DNA to my kids. But although I've already made this human, I believe that the work I do on myself as a 40-year-old man impacts my 14-year-old son. It will change him. It just will. And I love this statement. And it's not my statement. I don't know who said it, but your trauma, your shit, your issues will either be transformed. So Ned will transform those things or they will be transferred. I will transfer that bullshit to my kid and then he'll have the opportunity to deal with it or not. And the hope is that I'm doing the work. Like if you're listening to this podcast right now, the intention is that you're probably doing the work so that then you're setting your kids up to not have to deal with the same things, not for a utopia, but to have a better foundation of marriage, connection, belonging. And more of the good. More of the good. Don't you want that for your kids? I mean, dude, I do. More of the good. Just more of the good. It doesn't take the pain or the suffering out of living. It just, you get to experience more of the good. Mm, Dude, (laughs) simple, bro. What you're saying is simple. I mean, it's hard to do, but it's simple. Well, we're doing it. It's in the doing. Yeah. It's all in the doing. In the doing that brings life. Right. Right. So if you go back to is the action I'm doing right now, is this action, is it bringing life or is it not? And I think what a great statement I asked you how you have foundational truth and then how you ultimately your foundational truth is like you are here to bring life, but you have the power to bring death and wrestling with that. I I actually have to become more knowledgeable of my ability to bring death. Mm, Talk to me about that. What do you mean? So the more that I'm willing to like look into how I bring death, I can actually intervene. If I don't know how I'm bringing death into Mm. this world, Mm. then I have no clue about how people are perceiving what's happening for them. I'm having this interaction. I think I've done good. But realistically, I have not like taken any opportunities to realize the type of aftermath that follows. And the only way to know that is for me to discover, there's three things that I discover about myself. There's a perception of oneself, and then there's one that others can perceive mm-hmm. as you, the, ne- the negative experience of Vincent. So I see myself as chill, laid back, and free. Totally not. The reality is, is that I'm angry, I'm abandoned, and vengeful. Mm-hmm. And learning those three and how that shows up, how I execute anger, vengefulness, and abandonment, in my life, knowing those key things, those elements, and being able to track them down and be aware of myself is what brings more of the good, brings more of the life. Because for so long, I had no idea that my sarcasm, sarcasm is vengeful. If we're using a lot of sarcasm in our day-to-day life, that's a vengeful spirit. You're looking to cut someone down in a humorous way, and it's going to do it. It's going to work. And abandonment, I experience myself as like outgoing and very friendly, but I isolate all the time and I find myself being lonely. 
that's criminal. That's the way I look at it. It's like, mm. I'm the criminal that is the person that's actually creating that. And then I'm like, I'm lonely when I'm the criminal that's actually the person that's doing the doing in that area. Mm. So knowing yourself in those areas of how you're actually showing up in those things, like that self-awareness is key. Wow. It's so key. So this is an interesting question and I don't know the answer to it. I have a feeling, but we'll see. How did you unlock those things? So Dan Tacchini, I think you might know who he is. I don't. I've heard um, the name. Yeah. He's uh, just an amazing guy. He has the ability to allow people to show up and let them sit in the conversation and allow the tension to just build on top of them. They do this exercise. They actually do a version of it at the Rise Up Kings event, the Forge event. <laughs> okay. Don't tell me what he, it is. All right. So you get to experience yourself in a full wholeness. Yeah, yeah. Um, you get to experience yourself in ways that you're actually showing up in the way that you're being with your family. You know, I think is the way I found out that I was vengeful. Dan says to me, I was like, oh, how am I vengeful? How is it that, you know, just in this short first day I met him, how is it that you experienced me as vengeful? He says, do you make disparaging comments about your wife's family? Into it, I see. Into wow. me, he sees do you make disparaging comments about your wife's family? And I said, right before I got on the plane to come here, for someone to have that level of insight to just like bring forward a reality that you're shut off to, you think you're being funny, you think you're being this, that, or the other fun and loving and joyful. It's coming from a different place and you have to experience that. Mm -hmm. So here's what's wild about me asking you the question. You've been, you know, we've talked about you being on the podcast for a year probably and then I, I reached out to you, I think three days ago. I was like, hey, I'm looking for a podcast guest. Are you open this Friday? And you're like, no, wait. Yeah, okay, let's do it. So I'm going to the Forge on Monday. No way. Yeah, never <laughs> been to that. And I feel like there's been a bunch of work I've been doing on myself. But cool. to be able to clearly say, oh yeah, my shit is boom, boom, boom. And I can see it, boom, boom, boom. I am... I don't want to say looking forward to it, but I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So interesting you know, that you and I are meeting I today. Out of there, I walk out of there, and I know that I'm a powerful, confident, redeemed man. Yeah, like I walk out of a powerful, confident, redeemed man. Like when it leaped out of my spirit, when it came forward out of me, is like that's where it's everybody's going to second guess themselves. Everyone's going to like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. You know, there's going to be doubt. There's always doubt because sometimes you have to pull triggers that shoot into the dark, you know, mm. with the best aim that you possibly can attain with yeah. the knowledge that you have. Yeah. But getting to know yourself is the key to being able to like hit your targets. What am I up to? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this statement that I've been saying to myself this last year is operate out of your heart, not your head. So I think I desire that and I know that I'm powerful creation of God. However, I think that I operate in my head too much. So I miss the opportunity to actually take action around that guy as much as I would like to when it relates to I'm not talking about being a leader out in the world, but a leader in my home, you know, like showing up for my wife and kids in a way that's not about how do they serve Ned, but how does Ned serve them? Yeah, they just know that like, not everything comes from the heart or head. Okay, where else does it come from? Do you ever get a gut feeling? Yeah. 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 Your body's trying to tell you all kinds of stuff from different points all over. Imagine you have 10 different sources of mm. living within and you're only flexing two. You're far more expansive than, than your heart and your head. 
I dig it. Like there's so many other things to like check into, you know? Yeah. Like if I had to think about things that ruled me in the past is like, how much did my penis run the show? Mm. Think about these things. What are different parts of your body actually trying to tell you? Shutting things down. I hear a lot of people like, I'm just going to shut it down. You know, mm. I'm just going to shut down my sexual way of being or yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. the case may be. It's like, oh man, you're shutting down like a whole nother level of intuition. What is this body is a lightning rod. I'm going to try and find out and figure out like, Dude, I dig it, bro. what that entire yeah. system that God created is designed for and how it works and not just live and think that everything comes from thoughts or everything comes from hearts and emotions. So bro, I got this question that I wrote down just for you. Okay. So I, okay. I think it just unlocked the, what the actual question is. Okay. So I typically ask my guests, what is the role of the father? Okay. Mm. But when I thought about you and several interactions I've had with you, where you are so in tune that you get teary, mm. like, I love it. I love this about you because I would call it so in tune. So the way I wrote the question was, I want to ask you, what does the heart of a father look like? But in what you just said to me, it seems as though it's not so much that Vincent is so in tune with his heart as a father but you are in tune with, let's call it your spirit or your soul, which incorporates all those aspects that you're talking about. So when you think about the spirit of a father, okay, so I was going to say heart, but to bring all those components in to where like, even when I said that, I just got chills. Like, man, this just shows us how like alive and spiritual and connected we are. What does the spirit of a father look like as it relates to like in your home, truly the father carries a spirit. What does that look like? It's providing what is needed and what is necessary. Because if we just want to walk around and be like this, oh, you know, come in the same way mom does, that doesn't work. Mom's mom and dad is dad. You're dealing with a man now. So there's a different energy that is responsible for the nurturing and the development of this child. It's interesting because I have not been, I would say, in my house. I'm not always in the home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Like I travel a lot. Matter of fact, my son's here with me in Montana. We're traveling this next three weeks. I'm not always home. The presence of a father brings balance. Mm. It brings, Dang, it brings bro. It brings reverence. It brings love. It brings discipline. I always think of my heavenly father when it comes to this because he's always provided me with what I need, not what I want. Mm. Mm. He's always been there for me. And provided the discipline, he's provided the love. I'm a fatherless boy. And someone told Mm. me when I was young, the father of fatherless boys is God. And so it's like walking around with that. That's probably the reason why I've come out unscathed on so many different occasions is he just cares for these fatherless boys. I think about other fathers that are out there right now that have a similar experience where they don't think that they're equipped because they didn't grow up with a man in the home as a role model. And I I was thinking about this because it's the first time I realized that what God provided me was a clean slate to create something new Mm. because that branch did die, but something new was planted and the opportunity to like grow that new tree, that new fruit of life. I love my kids. I have six kids. 
I wanted one kid. It was like, how am I going to do this? You know, when my son was born 13 months after my daughter, I almost threw my hands up like, I better start figuring this thing out because mm. I have to figure out what to tell this kid. You know, like I have to give him a reference of what a man is. And I don't know what that Oof. is. So all kinds of mistakes along the road, all kinds of mistakes. I'm burning grace right now. It's just a part of the process. If you think your kids aren't going to have a resentment of you because you gave them everything that they wanted in life, they're probably still going to have some resentments because I didn't receive the discipline that I needed. We're imperfect. We don't get to do it like he does. We don't get to do it like God does. We get to do it in our way with the best efforts that we can lay forward. And I was told that you're a good dad because you're conscious and you're worried about being a bad. Mm. Okay. So to reframe that a little bit, to go back, it's not that I'm sitting here worried I'm going to be a bad dad, but I'm conscious. I mean, that's the words you use, but going back to something you said previously is I'm conscious about my power to bring death, which would be going back to that foundational truth that you hold of you're either bringing life or death is that I'm constantly aware that I have the potential to walk into the room today and cause death. So if, if I keep that Correct. in the end to pay attention to when and why I do that, like I didn't get enough sleep. I didn't process my work. I didn't call a friend and connect before I walk in and then dump all this crap on my wife. That's really not her responsibility. Mm. You know, that's so great. Do you do that? I have this really interesting podcast with this older gentleman and he said there are certain things. So like me and my wife, we talk about everything, we talk about everything, but he said, there are certain things that you as a man need to make decisions around. And you can't put that on your wife's shoulders to make those decisions. And so it just unlocks something new for me. Like my primary job is to provide security for her to feel like she can open up and flourish. So if I'm coming home every day talking about, oh my gosh, the business is about to go bankrupt or something like that, that's (laughs) going to cause some serious like, okay, well, I better train my daughters how to not depend on a man or or whatever. Exactly. And so I don't think though, that that means that if shit's going to fall apart, that I'm hiding it and lying about it, but I can't put the weight of that on her. So anyways, yes, I will hit up a friend a couple of friends that I'll hit up and process something with, because sometimes I just need to process it. And if I process it with her, there's no security depending on what it is. So I might process it with somebody and then bring it into the right frame. That's going to not have her question whether there's going to be food or whatever. I mean, I'm being a little extreme, but just some thoughts there. Okay. I do want to go, dude, you're so incredible, bro. You're so rad. There's so many nuggets, dude. Okay. You talking about the presence of a father, like even if you're not physically there, You said a word that it's not a word I use regularly, and I just want to get your version of what this means. But you said that the presence of a father brings reverence to the home. What do you mean by that? Oh, man, one of my big things with my son is like, there's a lot that you can do. But the one thing that you can't do is disrespect your mother Mm. or treat your sisters in this way or that way. A fatherless boy, when there's not a man in the house, he's going to be less disciplined He's going to be more wild. The statistics are out the window on what happens with boys. That a father teaches a boy that what's in this home is worth protecting. Yes. Yes. And, okay, so, and that will speak to his soul. He might not understand conceptually why, but like, dude, the reality is, is a Disney princess movie. The girls are looking at the princess and the boys are looking at the prince. Like we can't unlock, like that's just the truth. And so mm-hmm. when you speak to your son in that way of provider, protector, you give him opportunities to step into that and you reveal to him 
that's going to speak to his soul. So dude, what's in this home is worth protecting versus just you're supposed to be nice to your sisters because you have sisters. Right, right. Or like somehow the responsibility of the household doesn't depend on everyone in the family. Mm. Yeah, dude. Yes. Like I call it the lost art of big family. Mm. You have a big family too. Yeah, five kiddos. Yeah. All the stuff that works, it works because everyone is invested in what happens in the home. Mm, dude. Okay. This is so good because like, I've been trying to communicate better with my kids about chores, for example. Mm. And it's like, dude, I get it. I could care less if my bed was made. Like as an example, I don't care. I'd be happy to get into a messy bed every single night. I really, it's be great. My wife has a different opinion about that. Well, exactly. My wife, her peace, when she walks into a room and the bed is messy and it's going to her soul, right? Her soul security, it's, it's things are in order. So if I can go, hey, I can play a role when I walk into this room and she didn't maybe, you know, that's her thing, make the bed. She didn't have time that day. If I take three minutes and make it, I'm not doing it out of a chore for me. I'm doing it out of a taking responsibility for the peace in the home. Like what you just said, like, am I invested in this? Or is this just a place for me to throw my bags and eat food? Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of my big things is like, because I'm away and when I come home, it's like things aren't where they're, it's like, it's so funny because it's probably not funny to my family because it's like, why is the garbage full? Why is there stuff all over? Why are the toys in the living room? My wife is like, the house is like this because this is what we could get done. You know what I mean? It's like, we've been living in this home, you know, and you have to realize, obviously, like we need to bring chaos. We bring chaos as well. You know what I mean? Like they bring order, you know, it's like everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be. It's simply when I come in the home, I need to acknowledge that people have been living without. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, man. So this isn't fully the same thing, but I think it's easy for dudes to fall into habits too of like leaving your socks or your shoes or your stuff and like mama coming through and picking that stuff up. I think dudes start to ask yourself, like, how am I playing a role in either the peace or the chaos? Man, sometimes I'll see a piece of trash sitting in the hallway and I'll just leave it and I'll just see how long it could stay there. And I'm like, (laughs) kids, you've literally walked by this. I don't want to hear it's not mine because this is your home. It is yours. Same if you're walking out in in our street. If there's a water bottle that's in the street, that is now your water bottle. If you saw it, that's your water bottle. Like that's how we should perceive taking ownership and responsibility. Yeah. I'm wondering if there's a better way we can do that as well, because it's just attention. Like what are we're focused on it because it's on the ground. Just simply would be easier just to draw attention rather than to make it an issue. Yes. So let me throw a flip side at this to you. Okay, because I've been getting frustrated at my son for like leaving to go do something before he takes care of his responsibilities. Mm. And so I had this kind of aha with my friend on a hike. What can I learn from my son in this situation? So I'm not saying I shouldn't hold my son accountable to his responsibilities, but am I so focused on getting tasks done? Am I so focused on every responsibility I have today that I'm not living free? He definitely needs to learn more responsibility, but I think I need 100%. to tap. I need to tap into my free childlike mind sometimes. And instead of going, the garage needs to be clean today to go freaking find worms and cut them in half or do whatever it is, like something childish, mm-hmm. go surfing or go on a hike or go enjoy creation. Cause I could literally get up at four 30 in the morning and do tasks until 10 at night, every day, forever. And then I'm missing the opportunity to be able to just not even see that stuff and go and enjoy my life. So it's just something I'm, I'm trying to balance out a little bit 
is I don't want to just train my son to do tasks all day. I still want him to be able to enjoy, not enjoy like we need to be happy and just, you know, skip out your responsibilities. But anyways, dude, I'm kind of rambling now, but just this idea that there is a beauty that he can run out and kind of miss all the chaotic shit that needs to get done. And he can just go enjoy the day. There is a beauty yeah. to that, that I've lost in some aspects. I think it was best said, and it's like one of my favorite lines from Fight Club is the things you own eventually own you. Mm-hmm. And that's like, do I need to have so many things that I don't actually have in existence? It's just all wrapped up in the things that I have. Yeah. So that you can have that freedom. Yeah, I mean, I think that's true. I think that there's some things that we have been told we need to own. And I wonder if we do. Yeah. I mean, because eventually it's like someone was saying, if Jesus came back right now, would you be thinking about the debt that you have to service rather than servicing the Lord? Mm. That's got me going too. It's like, okay, I got to, I got to be free. You know, I got to be free from debt. That's good, dude. Oh man. Okay. We could talk forever. I'm going to, I'm going to just jump into a few questions here. Stuff I missed from the very beginning. All right. How many years have you been married? 18 years going on 18 years, 18 years. And you got six kiddos. What's the youngest and the oldest? The youngest is six and the oldest is 17. Dude, love it, bro. Love it, bro. Okay. What are you rebelling against and what do you hope to create? So this podcast is fatherhood field notes. I mean, dude, you just dumped nuggets on us. But when you think about rebel and create, what's something that you are rebelling against? And out of that rebellion, what do you hope to create? Having six kids for a long time, we were just like, you get the comments. Like, do you know how that's happening or things of that nature? A lot of disparaging comments Mm. about children. And I get it. Like, you don't want to over-spiritualize the essence of being, of having children and that sort of things. I get that people don't want to do that, but I'm going to do that. Like, I'm going to rebel totally against that nature that the more children you have, the more perspective you have on the world. Mm, Yeah. Because, I mean, it's an art. It's not like a science. Like, each one of these kids is coming out with a completely different personality. And they're you and they're part you and they're part God. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. you have no idea who this person is. Like, you have to get to know them. What do you mean? Talk to me. They're part you. They're part your spouse. Okay. And we could just dig into whole that whole thing. It's like, I'm really trying to look at my spouse as like... She is the the other half of me. Like if I go to Genesis, she has a bunch of qualities that I literally don't have because God took those away from me and gave them to her. And now I got to learn to live with them in a way that I don't have control over in a sense, unless I just die to my selfish stuff. That's a whole nother conversation. But talk to me about viewing your kid as part you, part God. I've never heard someone say that. (laughs) Spiritual beings, right? Mm. These are the breath of God. You think you had something to do with it. He brought all things into existence. With the word, he brought all things into existence. We're experiencing our children as extensions of ourselves, and we see them as ourselves rather than extensions of God. Mm. Like, how would you treat that person? How would you see that being? You know, how would you treat that being knowing that he was an extension of our creator? Wow. Wow, bro. Beautiful, man. Take that in. I mean, like having more of that is a blessing. I get it. It's like, it's very difficult when we focus on all of the weight and the pressure of finances and the world around us and time's sake and experiences that you want to provide. And I would say that we fill our children's time with way more things than with experiences and just experiences with each other that I think taking your kids out there and going surfing 
and swimming with the dolphins and being out on the coast with the seals and just watching like how the ocean comes in and carries things in and carries things out is a far better emotional experience for your children than the next thing that the world is telling them they need. That just continually fills them with emptiness. Dude, as you're saying this, I mean, you use like, for those of you who aren't like watching this, you use your arms when you said the stress of the world kind of pouring on you. And so much of that stuff is stuff that we pour on ourselves. Like we bought a car that was going to lock up cash. We bought a house that was going to lock up cash. We chose things that put us in the state of stress where we do have to put so many hours into work, where we're not spending the time with our kids that we really want to. And at the end of the day, what do we want? I want to be connected. I want to feel like I belong and know who I am. So family, and that's where that happens. It's like, dude, you don't... It, it, we don't have to do all these other things to make that happen. It doesn't have to be so insane with the stress, man. Yeah, another vacation isn't going to take away the loss of connection. It's not going to replace for what happens every single day versus the things that happen once in a while. Yes, yes, yes. Dude, that's so good. Okay, two more things and then we'll bounce out of here. Talk to me about yeah. one of your greatest titles, the Tooth Snatcher. Mm -hmm. I am the tooth snatcher I've removed. <laughs> it started as just someone telling me they had a loose tooth and it just like hanging on way too long, like yeah. impacting the other teeth's progress. And when I would take the opportunity to just poke that thing out or pull that thing forward, I could just see how it was sitting and just push it the way that's going to make it fall out. <laughs> to the point where kids, they wouldn't tell me when they had a loose tooth. You know, they would, they, yeah. they would just like, keep it a secret. But my youngest, he like thinks it's amazing. He comes to me to check if it's ready. Oh, yeah. So even though it, it had like some negative connotations, now he wants me to check. And by the time you get to the sixth one, you figure some things out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, dude, that's so good. more in you, Ned. <laughs> That's, yeah, man. <laughs> Maybe I do. Maybe I do. That's hilarious. Okay. I just want to jump into this for a couple minutes. You got a couple more minutes? Yeah. Okay. So we brought this up, but I just would love for you to really unlock this for dudes. You know, you've said a couple of times you haven't always been the best dad that you can change quickly, but you had a transition from being maybe what you thought was a mediocre dad to being a more intentional dad. Talk to me about that transition. And if dudes are like feeling like they're not where they want to be and they'd love to have the language and the in-tuneness that they've heard from you today, what does that look like? You know, all the pain and suffering is your responsibility. No one else is creating the circumstances that you're living in. It's your responsibility at the end of the day. And you're suffering. And if you're willing to look at that suffering, you're going to realize that you want things to be different. I think the starting out being a father, I thought that providing and working and money was the best I could do. I was mm. serving as a father at the lowest level, the bare minimum is really what it was. And then it just hit me like it just wasn't enough. Again, I looked at having children and the amount of children that I had the same way the rest of the world, I was taking on what people were saying to me and what I'm rebelling against mm. now is what they're saying. I stand here directly in opposition to anyone that says children are a burden upon their life when they're there to expand yours and help you grow. When my wife told me that she was having our sixth kid, I wanted to step off of the building. And I thought, I've done everything I possibly can do. How can I do one more? I just don't know if I got it in me. It was in that moment that like, I really was lifted up. In that deepest, darkest portion of my life is where from that day forward, I was like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to get help. 
I'm going to figure out what's going. It was like Tony Robbins was like my first mentor is just like following that guy. Yeah. Went to a lot of his different stuff. I mean, like your growth is so important. Anything that you can do for your growth is going to directly impact and correlate to your family and the life that you have. This is all discovery. It's not work. It's not play. It's discovery. Mm. Like we're Mm. on a journey. We're reluctant heroes as fathers. Because if nowadays, if a man sticks his neck out, he could get it chopped off. We see a lot of seeing that happen. And that comes directly for how men have been in the past, how I have been in the past. Yeah, And we're called to transcend our nature here and reach a higher power. And it's like, it's happening. I mean, I have met some of the most powerful men in my life in the last four years, yourself included, Mm. that are completely shaping the game. They're calling people forward. They're honoring fatherhood. The fatherhood thing that the release, the book release that you did, The Adventures of Fatherhood, Mm. when you broke out that picture, yeah, dude, it went right through me. Like Mm. just, that's how quickly that triggered me so intensely was because I went from this man who was like, I'm the lowest level, I'm serving at the lowest level of fatherhood to being acknowledged in front Mm. of my wife and in a room full of people. And I'm looking at this picture of my children around me just like, coalescing like such a good picture oh my god you nailed it you nailed that thing and it was on father's day they played the prince ali song from aladdin and they were bloat they did the popping confetti and sat me down on the chair and brought gifts around me and then they just like all huddled in around me and it was like my kingship has been established in that moment it's from the work it's from doing the doing it's from doing the work Everything that you do to improve yourself will directly correlate to the improvement of your family and your own. Mm, mm. Do it. Dude, what else can be said right now? I love um, you. Dude, <laughs> I love you too, Vincent. To be able to have a connection, us men need this. Guys who are listening right now, dude, I know like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to speak. I want, you are inspiring me right now. And I know everyone's listening is inspired. And I think going back to, you talking about doing something new and that you didn't have a father doing something new and new growth came based on you going and doing the gardening on yourself and what grew, what was always there. If you have a child, you have what it takes, but you do have to go discover that and do the work. Vincent, man, keep keep at this, bro. Keep sharing your life with the world around you. But it's just what I love is your wife and your kids are first. My last question for you, bro, is legacy. If in 30 years, you could look into the homes of your children, what is it that you want to see? I've already kind of seen those pictures. <laughs> mm. There's a picture that I keep in one of my books. Actually, that's not here. But it's a family tree. And it has me and Angela at the bottom. And each has the six branches coming out of the top. And Virgil wants to have 20 kids. Aloe wants to have six kids and has all the different branches of the family. I just want to see the fruit just continue to grow. I want to see them bring in other children into their homes Mm -hmm. and like bring them a part of their wolf pack, restore children and give them a father, give them a home. I just want to see like that same bearers of life in their homes. That would be carried on. That would be the legacy I'd want to see. Oh, dude, well, you're doing it. You're doing it. And I just want guys just to hear this. You're doing it by working on yourself 
and then becoming conscious and aware of, of those that God placed in your care. So dude, somewhat speechless, very inspired. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for carving this out. What a beautiful moment we got to spend together. And I look forward to being longtime friends with you and continuing to have conversations recorded or unrecorded around the stuff that's important in our souls. Yeah, man. I look forward to seeing you again soon. Yeah, bro. All right, man. Until next time. All right, my friends, a little bonus action here. We stopped recording and I'm just rapping about stuff. Vincent wrote a poem for me. You wrote a poem for me about fatherhood. Yeah, I've been working on it since I found out that we were going to do the podcast. And I wrote it for your podcast about this journey of fatherhood. Oh, okay. So your journey of fatherhood. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I've not read this. I'm going to read it right now and record it, reading it to you. In the shadows grasp, the youth emerges, not seeking the spotlight as the world's convergence. With hesitance as my mistress true, I step forward bravely to face the feud. Fatherless and wary, I take each stride, finding hidden strength where doubts coincide. Unwillingly embarking on this quest, paths that I choose to put doubts to rest and end the feud. Through trials and tribulations, these carves are the path, growing in stature and facing the aftermath. Not a hero by design, but a spirit untamed. In the tapestry of life, uniqueness is framed. With every obstacle, my spirit takes flight, a man undeterred facing the darkest of nights. In transformation, we redefine the story to find the boy of substance embracing life's glory. Bro, dude, oh my gosh, I love this. That's for I, you guys. Ah, uh, dude. All right, I'm going to put this in the show notes as well. Vincent, dude, you're so incredible, bro. You like surprise me, man. <laughs> you surprise me. Um, you given, yeah, you've given me a lot of inspiration, man. Mm. Like just straight up. Again, I'm grateful for the example that you set and the platform that you've put out here for, mm. for men. Thank you. Thank you, bro. And I think what I'm realizing like, in, in all these conversations, it's about this mutual need we each have to have these kind of connection points with other men who are aligned, right? in pursuing life. So yeah. appreciate you, bro. Love you, bro. Until next time. Next time. My friends, what an incredible conversation. I mean, I have so many notes. I just finished talking with Vincent and I feel so inspired. A couple of the things that I wrote down, but when I'm having a conversation with my child about the way that they're acting, helping them to discover how their actions are shifting the relationship, either with me and their mom or with their siblings or even friends, and how it may be causing the other person or themselves to be closed off. Freaking powerful. Also, when Vincent said, provide your kids with what they need, not what they want, powerful. And then again, just leaning into that, the presence that the father brings in the home to provide your kids with what they need to be. I mean, man, I'd ask him a question and it was like, he had it. He had the answer. And it's not because he's written 10 books on fatherhood. It's because he's living it. He is growing and investing in day in, day out, reflecting on the fails and then showing up to how to do it next time, learning from those moments and continuing to discover, which is what I thought was so powerful, is that he was talking about how this is discovery. Beautiful. And with that, you guys, we must know who we are. The world around us would look and feel different if men showed up in their true identity to love, serve, guide, provide, and protect in their homes. And this is why I launched Adventure of Fatherhood. 
You know, so make sure, go check out adventureoffatherhood.com. Grab the kids book, which is designed to help you see who you are, help connect you to your child. And really to use it as a gift to give to a new dad to help invite him into his role. And we have a great gift box on there. You can write a note and invite a new dad into his role. Please go do that. Men need to be invited into their role. All right. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do truly matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. I look forward to hanging out with you next time.